I'm going to sing and you're going to pray. So here we go. This is Elaine Warwick. And you may uh, recognize her or not, but she's one of our practitioners. And so I'm going to invite her to do our opening prayer today. We're going to do our little ritual, though. So we're going to go into... I'm going to invite you to close your eyes for 30 seconds. And I will let you know when we start that. I didn't bring my gong along, as Crystal had informed me to do. But we'll, 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 we can time 30 seconds without the gong. And then uh, sing a song and then... Uh, Elaine is going to do our opening treatment, so thank you for volunteering this morning. <laughs> You're welcome. <clears throat> awesome. All right. So let's just drop into our hearts and imagine that heart breathing. It's helpful to breathe in on the same count as you breathe out. Bring a mindfulness to the breath. Count of five or six or four. Or whatever number works for you. As we settle our breathing, we settle our heart. The heart is such an amazing capacity. And so in our silence today, just invite you to, when anything arises, to just dissolve it into the heart of unconditional love. Let us know that it blesses not only ourselves, but one another. And it blesses the world. So let's begin. very room there's quite enough love for all the world and in this very room there's quite enough joy for all the world and there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit, one spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. One power, one presence. And as we sit in this very room, we feel that power, that oneness as we come together in this field of unbelievable, loving, unconditional loving presence, we feel, we give thanks. We set an intention that today we are in the right place, at the right time, receiving the message we need to hear to enhance our lives, to live a life more fulfilled, more loving, and as we sit in that generosity of spirit, we give thanks. We give thanks for the center, for our minister, for each person sitting next to us. As we lift up, we lift them and they lift us. We say thank you. We release these words, knowing it is already done in the mind of the one. And together we say, and, and so, so it, it is. is. Thank you. 
So you might be here for the first time. Welcome this morning. You may get an opportunity to do our closing prayer this morning, even if you're here for the first time. So you never know. Thank you, Elaine, for your, your willingness to, to love us up with a prayer. So anyway, here we are. We're, we're working our cue sheet. And so I'm going to talk about this today. I'm going to tell our story today and, and, and our evolution as a community. And so many of you participated in a, in a process called the genogram. And that was done with the, the, the guidance and the consciousness of uh, Reverend Dr. Gary Simmons, who, who wrote the book, The Eye of the Storm. And we have also entered into a, a training uh, with him. It's a transition of our community from, mission, from minister-centric to mission-centric. And I'll explain that a little bit because it's really a powerful process and there's many legs to this that many of you have heard about. But I want to just share it with you. He sent a video up. It's about an 11-minute video explaining our process and I extrapolated from that because I think it's more valuable for me to speak from my own experience to you about it rather than me to play a 12-minute video for you that you may or may not be able to uh, track well. And so I wanted to just uh, uh, speak to that today. So part of this is that, part of it is we've created our own cue card. And our cue card, cue means quantum. And it really represents, the cue and the shadow card represent um, some, when we're not in our, our um, when we're out of integrity with ourselves as a community, we show up this way. And so what we can do is acknowledge it, ask people to have compassion for us because we're going to get into our cue. The request that we have from Dr. Gary is that we repeat this as a community each week, and we will eventually do this in the announcements. We won't be, I won't be doing this. We'll be doing this when we read our preamble of, you know, we are a community that blesses all traditions. Uh, we will also read our cue card there. But in order to on-ramp it and share it with you and explain it a bit, why we're doing this, because we're an intentional community. And we stand on all the great traditions. We don't claim to have everybody's answer. Our teacher, our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, founded a, a, a movement called Religious Science and back in 1929 and wrote a book called The Science of Mind. And it was revolutionary at the time. And he, and he was quite a, a beautiful thinker and a wonderful man. And he said the birth of Jesus Christ upon this planet was the greatest event that ever happened. But he did not teach that Jesus has come to save us. He, he taught us that Jesus was the great example for all of us, that we can all embody more of the, the Christos, the Christ consciousness. And so that's where we sometimes uh, part ways with some of our, our beloved uh, friends and other traditions, because spirit is available to all of us. We don't need an intermediary. And if Jesus is your, your teacher, God love you. We bless that and honor that, and I would in no way, shape, or form diminish that. But it's really about us stepping up, and I'll, I'll share with you today why we're doing this Q process, why we're involved in many of the legs of, of transformation. Why is our mission transforming lives? Because people are suffering. Look out at the world. There's a lot of pain going on in the world. And so I want to give some insight and some awareness to that. So what, if you'd be willing to read this with me today, this is our, our shadow card. It gets better after this. This is just simply opening our hearts and saying, please have compassion for me when I forget who I am. I'm the beloved, you're the beloved, and we forget sometimes, so we show up, please, so let's read it together. Please have compassion for us when we show up as not enough, distrusting, grieving, blaming, powerless, and fearful. Has anybody ever had, had that experience? I've felt that way. There's three people. Thank you, Daniel. I've had those experiences at times because this is who we have come here to be, empowered, in integrity, transformational, generous, emotionally and spiritually mature and unstoppable. So we have an opportunity, each one of us, 
to make a difference in our own lives, in our own hearts. But what happens is that we have programs that get laid down when we're children. How many of you, I, you know, I've t- I talked about my large family. I don't ever remember once my father seeking my opinion on anything that was alive within the family. You know, there were seven sisters and four boys, and I never recall him saying, Patrick, where would you like to go on vacation this year? Anybody have a parent that did that with you? You know, what do you think of this? We didn't have that. We had, you know, parents did the best they could with what they had. So it's really about looking at some of those patterns that get laid down, and most of them are in childhood, that we continue to live out without awareness. So we're asleep in those patterns. It's okay to be asleep in those patterns. It just probably doesn't serve us well. And so what I want to talk today about is a life of diamonds. And this was inspired by this quote. I'll share it with you. It could be a little, oh, it's off the screen. My apologies, but I'll read it to you anyway. So this comes from Tama Keeves, Living Through Uncertainty. And I brought Tama's book with me, and she's got a remarkable story. And we don't have him in the bookstore, but it was just, it's been sitting on my bookshelf for weeks, and it finally fell off. And I said, I better look at this. But what she said is, I hate transitions, but I'm black coal, and this compression is turning me into a diamond. And as much as I want to conform and just be like every other chunk of coal, I am cursed by my need for a life of meaning. I will walk or crawl through transformation because I want a life of diamonds. So there's such a beautiful metaphor about how out of a lump of coal, through compression and pressure, a diamond is created. They can actually make, they actually are producing synthetic diamonds now that are done artificially, not by nature. And so there's controversy about that. I'm, I'm not big into diamonds, but I think it's a wonderful metaphor about what the possibility is. And so part of this, the way the, the infinite, the blessing that the infinite, this divine source has given us, I want to articulate today because I think it helps give us an insight into what is unfolding for us and all around us, how change happens. So it, it really is about this longing with on all of us to have a life of meaning, of purpose and meaning. We watched Martin Kerr last night. Many of you were there. It was wonderful. The thing that's so great about Martin is watching his journey. You know, he's been a part of our community for years and years. But when we get together with him, I've heard his songs. Well, last night I heard a few new ones, but I've heard his songs so many times, and I thought, what is it so joyful about this? And it's someone doing what they love. And we all get to celebrate it. We all become part of it. There's just such a joy in watching somebody that is just so devoted to sharing a gift. He's found his gift, he's developed his gift, continues to do that, and he shares it. And it's such a beautiful experience. It's like, this is, this is sacred, my perspective. This is his ministry. You know, he's a beautiful troubadour, beautiful man, his children, the video he's put together, I mean, the, the genius that he's, he's, he's chosen along the way to put together the things, the songs he writes. He wrote a really wonderful uh, new song last night around what's happening on the planet right now. You know, that the planet is burning up in many ways. And it's true. And, and we've called this, collectively, we've called it into our experience. I think we love drama. I think we love this idea that the end is, the end is nigh. You know, back in the Middle Ages, there were guys running around saying, the sky is falling. And so, you know, I don't have the answers, but I, I, I don't think joining in that chorus of it's too late or not enough is, is uh, where I want to be. So, in Dr. Gary's book, The Eye of the Storm, he talks about four, 
There it is. He talks about four principles of, of transformation, of tools that we can use. In other words, looking into the mirror, what does that mean? Well, every time we look out in the world and someone is triggering us, something at times we have a strong judgment or opinion or we're appalled or whatever it may be, what it is, the gift in it is realizing there's something missing within me. There's something that is getting triggered by what I'm witnessing out there that is missing in me. As the great teacher Jesus said, this does not move me over and over and over again. This does not move me. I Be in the world, but not of the world. In other words, he was able to take that, sort of the Buddhist would say, be the observer. So he could see it and he could stand in the compassion and the love for what was unfolding. It didn't mean he didn't care. He just didn't spin into that with others. And it was, it was rare and odd for somebody to model that because most of us fix. Most of us see something going on and want to fix it. So looking into the mirror, what is coming back at us and realizing this is the way the infinite guides us and teaches us. But most of us run away, we'll hide or we'll confront it, We've, we fight or, we fly, or the flight syndrome, whatever it may be. And those are all, those are all uh, valid ways of managing what's going on in the world, but they're not very productive. So what's alive in me? And as we bring awareness and consciousness to the triggers that we have, we're better able to stay grounded in the truth of our being, which is we, we teach oneness, we teach that the Christ lives within all of us, asleep in many, and it's okay, it's asleep, but it's there nonetheless. So how can we bring love to that? How can we realize, wow, look at the gift someone's bringing me into my life? And as Dr. Gary says, get to the point where, where you can say to people, well, tell me more when they have the issue. Let's drill down and find out what's going on. What is missing in our relationship? And this is part of what we're, we're looking at as a community, collectively and individually. Because it's the only sane way to be in this world. Otherwise, we're, we're the victims. We're looking for someone to save us. Whether it be Jesus or Buddha or our, our significant other or our mom and dad or our children, and when we move, out of, we move out of victim consciousness, we realize we're not here to be saved. We're here to give birth to something powerful. We're here as agents of change. We're here about transformation. The world, we are works of art under transformation. But how do we get there when, when we get triggered and all of a sudden we close down because we go into survival mode? And I've done it many, many times. I've done so much, I realize, you know, there's got to be a different way for us to do community together. There's never any politics in church. Have you ever heard there's politics? Oh, never, never, never. I'm being facetious, but I look at that and I realize this is a gift. There's something that wants to happen here. And if we're going to be part of that, I want to be part of that. So looking into the mirror with love, what's coming at me and realizing this has come for me for transformation. And I have enough awareness and, and love and self-nurturing for myself and another that I can look at it and have the conversation. Well, and not always. Sometimes someone is intentionally uh, abusive. And, and at those points in time, we just simply get back to them later. Maybe never. To love doesn't mean that we invite them into our homes. It just means that we take that, that gift that they give us and use it for transformation. Doesn't mean we have to pull them close, put ourselves in harm's way. That's not love. So make, make it mean that it's for good. Everything that shows up for us, everything is a re result of the consciousness that we are in the, um, the habit of, of showing up in. In other words, if we're in the habit of being victimized, we'll, we'll, be, we'll find people to oppress us. And that's why it's so important to realize that, that I, I believe that we have to step out of being a victim and realize we all have a, a, a gift, a responsibility, and an opportunity to wake up. Wake up, clean up, grow up, and I would say sign up. You know, our, our uh, 
mustard seed dinner five times a year. We sign up. We're doing small groups now. We're getting out in the community and helping. We had a group here yesterday re- redesigning one of, the, one of our spirit groups, redesigning our bookstore area. It's beautiful. There's, if you want a red chair, there's only two, so you better get in there quick. But we're making it a place where people can linger because that's where church happens and that's where transformation can happen, getting to know one another, spending time together. You know, so and I and there's such an amazing level of leadership within this community that we're ready for this, folks. We're ready for this. We are. It's time for us to step up in the world and let our light shine. Don't keep it under the bushel. Oh. Thank you. I'm working with Angela. She keeps telling me you keep stepping into the shadows, so I will stop doing that. Thank you. Do the right thing. Do good. So what we can do wherever we are is we can, be, we can contribute to the greater good. How, how do we do that? Well, there's no formula. We just have to have the awareness to realize what is missing here. How can I contribute to the solution rather than be part of the problem? Because my being miserable and my being lost and caught up in my own deficiencies limits my capacity to be good. And so there's ways to do that. I don't say jump from, if you're in, if you're in crisis or you're mourning, you've had a loss or trauma in your life. It's so important to process that carefully and beautifully and get the help we need. And that's different for all of us. One of the things we recommend is people have a prayer partner, have a practitioner, support you in consciousness because we're one. And when, one, when it's known in one mind, it's known in the infinite mind because we're all connected. We're part of the same family, whether we believe it or not, even the ones we don't like. Like the singer said last night at the... Winspear, the opening act, he said, uh, buy one of my CDs, even if you don't like my music, because then you can give it to somebody that you don't like. And I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> what, a, what a great sales pitch. You know what? We're selling CDs of this today. You could buy one back. If you really hate it, buy one and give it to somebody you really don't like. I like that pitch. You don't have to like it to buy it. Set yourself and your enemy free. Pray, whatever your prayer work is. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is so important. Forgiveness of self. I've been at this for 20 years. I'm telling you, forgiveness is so important, and it starts with us. If we knew better, we would have done better, you know? I mean, to have that capacity to realize, ah, you know what, that happened, and this is going on. I'm just going to forgive them. I'm doing that with one of my sisters right now. And I'm, I'm grateful for it because I get to look at it because it still comes up and I still get a little triggered. And I'm like, hmm, okay, I guess I'm not done with my forgiveness. And I, because I refuse to stay in that relationship in the way that it, it has been because I'm making all that stuff up anyway. I don't even think she has any idea of the story I made up. But she's a blessing in my life and I want to love her and I want to bless it. And I want, I want to, the question I work with is what wants to be healed here? What wants to be healed? Or not let's, you know, you know uh, diminish her or punish her or blame her. What wants to be healed here? Because I'm making this up. It's so healthier. Healthy-mindedness, spiritual and emotional maturity. That's what we came up with. So I want to get into this. So those are some of the points. There's our, our place on the left. There's our place we're thinking about on the right. It's an infinite possibility. What would we do with that? It's really about program. It isn't about a building. We're, we're beyond buildings. But wouldn't it be lovely to have a place where we had the capacity to house more and more wonderful things? Body, mind, spirit. You know, yoga is a wonderful spiritual practice too. We're in these physical bodies for a reason. So 
we did the genogram, and what we did is the first evening is we decided what were the qualities that were important to us. There were 47 people, many of you were there. 47 people came up with different opportunities and possibilities. There they are, a little difficult to read, but bringing, being in service, transformation, got a whole bunch, got 15, spiritually practicing community, integrity was, uh, had eight. So we went through, and Gary extrapolated the top um, uh, qualities that, that we as a collective group, and we had generations there. So we had the, the people that have been here from the first minister to my era, is what they called the eras. And we did this genogram, but the first thing we did is we identified those qualities, and then people, everybody got three dots, nobody got more than three, you could vote three times. And we came up with those. Safe got zero, which is really progress, because it used, the theme around here used to be for years and years it's not safe. Well, that's good. I'm paying attention, watching this. And I, I had three votes too. So I was, and spiritual growth up there got 13. So that's how we came up with, and then we went to, so then what we did is we went and we did the eras. We charted our eras. And so in 1981, Reverend Gail Schultz was the founding minister, and uh, the regret was abruptly departed. So I think after about a year, she was gone. She went to the island, and that was... And that was, can trigger people's abandonment, betrayal, all those things. So that was one of the regrets. So we looked at the prouds and the sorries or the achievements and the disappointments. And then we went to Reverend Sue Rubin. And the regrets are tough to read, but they're in there. Oh, it's secrets. Uh, powerlessness. Um, anyway, they're there. And then we went to uh, Reverend K. Patrick and the regrets and issues. And I'm sorry they're not clear and I, I can't uh, make them out myself. You know what? If I put my glasses on, I probably can. There we go. Oh, yeah. I can see them now. So uh, Sue was trust. Uh, minister on a pedestal. So with Reverend K., she's the third line down. It was uh, emotional and it says junior, so I'm assuming that was immaturity, grief, dollar signs, problems with money, and something else. And then we got to Reverend Tim Peterson, who was an intern minister here when I came. Uh, lack of leadership, lo loss, uncertainty. Anyway, all these things are, are human experiences that we can have. And then they, they, they stopped because I'm still here, I guess, I don't know. They broke mine up into two areas. I've been here, I'll be November 1st, I'll be 17 years here. So they said it would never last, and they were still, I'm still auditioning. Oh, thank you, thank you. So I, we, my wife, Laura, who's up in the, she's upstairs there. She usually runs the, the slides or helps with the production. For years, people said, I didn't know you had a wife. I said, yeah, she's, she's up there working. Um, she is the juice behind all this. She keeps, she keeps things rolling. She's our administrator, and many, many of the things that you experience are her devotion. Um, she's here all the time, and uh, I, I, she's kept me in the game, I gotta tell you, because uh, you know, her, her commitment and devotion to what's possible has, uh, has really been a gift in my life. <clears throat> she's been a great partner, continues to be a great partner. And so, uh, thank you, Laura. So, <clears throat> From all this, all these, so this just gives you an idea of what we're, what's alive in our community. Let's be real, let's pull it up, let's look at it. So we came up with our, our shadow card. And it looks like, shadow card looks like this. So if you take the Q process, you get a card that looks just like this. 
And once again, it's not enough. So what is this not enough? I'm not enough, we're not enough, there's not enough. This lack consciousness. We're having the experience. We are a community that believes that you set an intention and, and you nurture that idea, that possibility. But we have had a lot of not enough. A lot of conversation about not enough. How to manage not enough. How do we shrink our bills? <clears throat> One of the great books that Jesus wrote, wasn't it? Shrink your bills. Vanquish your enemies and shrink your bills. And so not enough is, is our experience because we've agreed collectively there's not enough. And it's not, it's not right or wrong. It's just where we are. See, we need, to take the more, we need to look at it with love and say, look what's come for us. Steve said to me the other day with the Grey Cup tickets, we need a miracle. I said, cool, I love it when we need a miracle. Awesome, bring on the miracle. I'm all for miracle. Do you know how much of our membership has participated in this raffle? 42%. 42% of people that claim to be members here bought tickets. That's, that's good news. We've got a long way to go. What is that, 58% opportunity? But I'm just saying, I can look at get up here and, 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 you know, and say, oh, you guys aren't doing your job with 42%. We know the 42% of people will help us with that. And it's the way we fund our programs. It's the way we're helping the teens right now. It's just what is. Part of this program is to create ownership. Rather than consumers, it's contributors. And to get each person to do what they can do. So eventually when we do our fundraising, our goal is, our vision for this is when we pass the basket on Sunday, we, we give that all away. We find a family of need, we find a program we believe in. We're not there yet, but we're working there. It's a possibility. Yeah, so, and we can get there. And so it's not right or wrong, but if we don't talk about it, we don't do this work, this cleanup, we'll never get there. We'll just keep having the same, we'll be running around our shadow cards, claiming there's not enough, distrusting one another. We want to, the, the, the longing is to have a community that is fully, fully um, transparent. No secrets, everybody knows everything. As Dr. Gary said, you guys aren't there yet. You can't handle the truth, as Tom Cruise said in uh, A Few Good Men. Because what happens when you take, you get the truth and you get the information, but you're in a consciousness of lack, all of a sudden it just, it, it, it triggers you. How can we hold it together spiritually and emotionally mature and say this is where we are? I think it's possible. See, and the reason that I brought this is I watched the same patterns arise in my ministry. I did, when I, we did the regrets, I gotta tell you something, I share everybody's regrets. I didn't feel like I had to defend. I said, yeah, I was here for that, I was here for that. I could, I'll, I'm gonna write a book about it. Because it's a book, and it's a good book. But, but my error in it was, I, you know, and you know what else I regret? That I wasn't more skillful at the beginning managing it. I wish I was more skillful. I wasn't, I didn't have the information, I didn't have the wisdom, I didn't have the clarity. That's my regret. And I'm grateful that I can still be here because I want, when, I, when I step away, I want to be able to hand something off to somebody that can grow and flourish. Not, not, not all the regrets that are unresolved. I mean, it's time to, to step up. And is it possible? Can we make it? I think it's possible. I believe it's possible to take the coal and transform it into a diamond. I am motivated and inspired by transformation. The gift that my mom and dad gave us as kids, it was, it was the shadow of competition, the storm of competition growing up. There was never enough, never enough. And I realized the blessing in that was that it put me on this path. They did the best they could, good, good people. 
I mean, I don't know how they did it. I got two granddaughters. That I, I can't keep up with. They had 11 of us. And so sisters and brothers parented. My oldest sister was my, my mom. And that's true for many of us. But, but the point is, is that I look at it now with a, the lens of, uh, of gr- gratitude. And I, and I was able to break those patterns. Distrusting, grieving for loss. We need to grieve in a way that's healthy. Blaming. It's your fault. Somebody else is the matter with me. I've met people for the first time in line and I can see something gets triggered in them and they look at me because I look just like whatever it was that got triggered. I mean, it's, just, it's so obvious now because I, 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 I like to look in the eye and say, welcome, great to have you here today. And it's just a trigger. And there's sometimes I want to say, What's, what just happened there? But I don't. And I figure, well, if it's for me to know, we'll have the conversation. But, but those little things, you know, there's a, there's a very popular idea uh, uh, right now. It's called misogyny. It's men hating women. Men hating women. You hear it all the time. That's what misogyny looks like. Xenophobia. Hating other people that are a different color, different religion, different race. It's not going to get us anywhere productive. You know, this caravan is coming up from South America and the big, the, the big push by the, the guy in charge in the U.S. is to stop it. And I thought, well, isn't it interesting? Why couldn't there be a, a, a... Does it have to be all or nothing? Is it just you stop it, put the wall... Or, could there be conversation? What could these folks need? What, how can we help in some way? Let's get more information. But we are in an in a, in a era and a time where we want it fixed and we want it fixed now. And we don't want to be inconvenienced. Anybody here ever been inconvenienced? Yeah. So wisdom says, let's have a conversation. Let's just ask. You know, so many people that claim to be followers of this, this great teacher from Nazareth who was all about love. He was crucified. What, is, what was the last words? Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgive them. And so there's this icon. And yet when people that are in need need help, we just slam the door. It's a, just an interesting mindset. And many agree with it. Blaming, powerless, I can't do anything about it. Yes, you can. You can do your own cleanup and wake up and sign up and help somewhere. Help somewhere. And fearful. That fear is a big one. Fear or love. So that's our, our shadow card. Because this is really what we get to rally around. Empowered, in integrity, transformational, generous, living for more than enough, having our lives is more than enough, emotional and spiritual maturity, so we can look at the world and go, yeah, but that doesn't represent me. It's one of my favorite statements when people want to strike agreement with me, that there's a problem, there's, a, there's not enough or whatever it may be, I'll say, well, that doesn't represent me. I'm not going to join you in that. And then we have another conversation. But it's not about me making them wrong, just saying that doesn't, that's not true for me. Otherwise, I've got to control the relationship. Control is a, a, a really popular idea. And so what we, we end up with is this list that I just read. Gary sent this. I know it's very small. Please have compassion for us when we are being not enough, distrusting, grieving, blaming, powerless and fearful, because this is who we have come here to be, empowered in integrity, transformational, generous, emotional, and spiritually mature, unstoppable. That's how I want to live. I want, to, I want my diamond to shine. And, and see, the problem is, is we don't know. There's no formula. There's no formula for it. There's no recipe 
We just simply have to make ourselves available and partner with his divine presence more and more, deeper and deeper. And it's a beautiful thing. The more we can relax and invite this presence to have its way with us, to guide, direct, inspire, resource, the synchronicities of life. I I told Jamie, I haven't seen Jamie all summer, and I said, I was going to call you this week. Not that I chase you if I haven't seen you in a while. He goes, yeah, but he came to mind. And probably you came to mind when you made the decision, you and and Doreen made the decision to be here. That's the way the infinite works. And I thought, oh, I should have known I was going to see you because he kept coming to mind. So I should reach out to Jamie. I don't know why. I kept getting the message. And here he is. We're all connected if we're paying attention. So Abraham Maslow said, all that you can be, you must be. Isn't that wonderful? You must be. We need you to be that. I want you to be that. I want joy. I want a mastery of self for you and for me where when the triggers come, we can look at this and go, what a gift. Look at this. Look at this. What a gift. This has come to help me transform. This is, this is for me to bring mastery to it so that we're not victimized and crushed by life. Tam McKeith says, if you're not listening to your inner voice, you're listening to someone else. That's why spiritual practice, prayer, meditation is so important. Because the world will tell you. The world will, will live on our shadow card as the world's mindset of race consciousness for the most part. We've never had such, I, I, well, I haven't lived in every era, but we've got a lot of uh, opposing positions alive on the planet right now. Tama also said this, if you want an incredible life, which I know you do, you must choose how you experience your experiences because your response to life is your life. Isn't that beautiful? Your response to life is your life. How are you responding to life? And if, you're, if it's not working for you, find a new way to respond, and there's practices that we can do. That's why we're offering the Q process, why we do the spirit groups. We get together, we have these beautiful conversations about transformation, and we're around people of like mind that support us in transformation. Don't forget that, don't sell that short. Ralph Waldo Emerson, one of the great influences of Dr. Ernest Holmes, said, a hero is no braver than an ordinary man, but he or she is braver five minutes longer. All it takes is five more minutes to stay the course. You know, I have the, my kids, my son Matthew was here, uh, two, he was here last week with his partner, Hawken. And I knew Matthew was gay when he was three years old. I mean, he was always trying on his sister's dress and putting on the mom's makeup and earrings and... And I say, you want to go play baseball? Nope, nope, I'm busy. I'm, I'm good right here. And, and so when, when he was about four and a half, he was going to get ready to go to uh, uh, kindergarten. And I took him down to get tennis shoes. And he wanted, the, lo and behold, he wanted the pink and white tennis shoes with sparkly lights on them. And so we stood in that shoe shop, and we argued for an hour. I said, Matt, I don't, and I'm worried about him showing up with it because he's already, you know, um, um, I'm, I'm concerned about his well-being is what it was. I, did, I, I love him and support him dearly. But anyway, I finally said, okay, go ahead and get those pink sparkly tennis shoes. You go right ahead. And uh, he came home after the first day of school and said, I'm never going back. And I said, why not? She says, well, because those guys made fun of me with my shoes. And I said, you know what? You just go back tomorrow with those shoes on because that's who you are. And we never had the conversation until he was 17 about his, his sexual preference, but he showed up that way. 
And so he, he forced me to learn how to parent and love in a way that I didn't, never expected. I thought I was gonna have a little mini me. You know, we get him into baseball and we get him into basketball and then all that stuff. And he was having none of that. But when we finally had the conversation when we were 17, I said, you know, I've, I've, I've always known this about you. I was the one that I came out. I came out to my son who needed to come out, but he just said, well, you know, he wasn't doing it. And I said, Matt, it's always been, I could be wrong, but I think you're, you're gay. And he said, yes, I am. And what's the big deal? If I was straight, would I have to tell you? And I said, no, but I said, good question, right? But I said, you know what, Matthew, I love you, I adore you. And I said, my only concern has always been your well-being, and that's my own. And one of my minister buddies said to me, which really helped me get my, my thinking around this correct, he said, a victim, because I was seeing him as a victim, and I wasn't helping him. As much as I loved him, I slid right into victim. I was worried about him getting hurt. He said, victims always find someone to victimize them. And I thought, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I stopped projecting my fear on him and in a relationship. It was transformative. So when we finally did that, so I needed that to have the conversation with him. I said, man, I love you. I love you unconditionally. I want the best for you. And so I wouldn't have that gift. I wouldn't have that opportunity for that conversation without someone opening my mind and my heart to a bigger possibility. We all want the same thing. We all want the same thing. We want peace of mind. We want enough enough so that we have food and a, and a warm place to live and we have friends and we have family and all those, the freedom. And one of the greatest freedoms we have is to choose. One of the greatest freedoms that the divine has given us is to choose, to take responsibility for where we are and understand it with wisdom and choose in a new way. So thank you for being part of this. You wouldn't be here today if you hadn't already chosen at many levels. And so it's our opportunity to give birth to that which is seeking to be expressed and to show up as a beacon of light, a tower of strength, and a fountain of wisdom upon this planet. So thank you so much. The Christ in me salutes the Christ in you. And so it is.